Welcome to OwnVisor, your college advisor, an online platform that helps connect international students with mentors to get personalized feedback on their college applications. To learn more, please visit our website at OwnVisor.com. And for latest updates, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn at OwnVisor. And this is Shonda Romana, your host for the podcast. Hi guys, welcome to OwnVisor, your college advisor. This is our podcast and today we have two brilliant people with us, Ayush and Yash, and they've been here for almost four or five years now, probably longer, and they have had amazing careers during their college and even after college, and I will let them go ahead and introduce themselves. Uh, hey guys, Ayush here. Um... A bit about myself. Uh, I am originally from Jaipur, Rajasthan. Um, came to US in 2013 um, for my undergrad. So I did my first two years of uh, undergraduate degree back in India at Manipal uh, University in Karnataka. Manipal has this training program called um, ICAS, I-C-A-S, uh, which basically provides you the platform to finish your first two years back in India um, and then provides you the opportunity to transfer to any university around the world. Um, so yeah, I was part of that program. Uh, when I was graduating from high school, I always knew what I wanted to do. And one of the things was getting my college degree from an accredited university outside of India uh, to gain that global exposure. So yeah, I joined Manipal University, went through that program, which also helped me reduce the cost of my college expenses. And then I came to US in 2013 and I went to Ohio State, uh, pursued my undergraduate degree in computer science here as well and graduated in 2016. And right after I graduated, I started working for Chase, JP Morgan Chase. Um, for those of you who don't know, it's the largest bank in US. Uh, so I started working for Chase as a UX developer, front-end developer, and uh, did that for almost a year and a half. Then I started working as a lead software developer, and I was managing my own team of developers and business analysts and QAs. Did that for another year and a half, and now in my current role, I'm based here in San Francisco, California, and I'm leading a team on the robotics team, uh, robotics automation team, and we basically build tools that help us detect vulnerabilities and bugs and issues in our applications, um, so we can triage those and fix those before it goes live to our customer. So yeah, so it's been four years since uh, I started working for Chase, and uh, yeah, it's been a wonderful experience so far, and we'll get into it more uh, as we go through the podcast. That is great. Well, clearly you have had a journey and it's been amazing and we'll definitely talk more about it. What about you, Yash? Hi, everyone. Um, I grew up in a small town um, called Vapi in the state of Gujarat, um, did majority of my schooling there. And then I did my high schooling in Ahmedabad. Um, and then after that, I just like Ayush, I did a, a year of uh, undergrad in Ahmedabad itself. Um, where I realized that uh, the perception of college that I had uh, was not uh, the similar in real life. 
So I dropped out of college. Um, and then for a year, I did my research into what I wanted to do in life. And I decided I wanted to basically do engineering and move to the US. Uh, so for that year, uh, I basically spent researching colleges, what I wanted to do, even the courses. Um, so that was the second year. And then um, I did my undergraduate here from the Ohio State University, just like I used did. Um, and then I graduated with a degree in computer science and engineering, specializing in artificial intelligence. Um, and then I worked for a year as a software engineer and then decided I do not want to do software engineering anymore. Uh, and that's when I transitioned into the role of a technical program manager uh, here at Google. Uh, if you don't know what Google is, it's a company that basically deals with uh, the information around the world and makes it universally accessible and useful. Um, and that's uh, what I've been doing for the past two, two and a half years. Uh, and pretty much that's my journey. Well, I don't know who are these people who don't know about Google. Uh, if they don't, they should Google it. <laughs> but it's, I think one of the most important things that you, from both of you that our listeners can learn is that you both started your undergrad in India first, and then you decided to move to US. Because a lot of people get stuck that once they start there, they can't move. No, there is always a process. You could be a transfer student. You can take a gap year and then apply as long as you can show what you did in that year. And I think both of your journeys reflect that. And what I'm wondering to know is that why did you guys choose United States after going to college in India? What made you think that United States was going to be the country you wanted to come and study? Um, so for me, I think uh, it goes way back, uh, like ties in with my childhood and my upbringing. And one of the things in my family is a lot of my family members uh, from my dad's side of the family, they all live all around the world. So like every chance that we had to, you know, have a reunion, I would meet them and, or I would visit them in those countries. And I always found myself fascinated by like this diversity that I was experiencing and different cultures and just the opportunities that were out there. Um, and that was, I think, the tipping point for me where I started thinking about what I wanted to do once I, you know, graduate from school and where I wanted to, you know, like pursue my career and uh, where I wanted to be. And I think around 10th grade is when I started thinking more seriously about it because that's when I had to pick a major in my, you know, high school. And at that point, I found myself inclined towards computer science and coding and I was doing that but it's also one of those things like a conversation that you need to have with your parents it's not something that you can just be like oh I will go study abroad and it just happens overnight because it's expensive you have to plan a lot of things and do all sorts of things so it's a conversation that I had to start with my parents early on because I had to prepare them for that as well to give them an idea of what I was thinking and what my next five years or seven years would look like um, in terms of my education. So we yeah, had 10th grade onwards, I started talking to them about these things and they always took it lightly. Um, they were like, oh, it's just a phase. And once he graduates from school, once he goes to college and it will change and he'll probably forget about this thing. 
and then after I graduated from school, high school, um, it was a conversation. It was a tough conversation for me to have with my parents, and they asked me the same question: like, why, why do you not want to study here? Like, there are IITs and there are all these great universities and there are top-ranked universities around the world. So why not just stay here and save money and get your degree from here? And that was a question that I spent weeks asking myself because I wanted to kind of make sure like I knew what I was getting into because obviously I've thought about it as a kid, but now when it's actually time to implement and put my actions into plan, I wanted to make sure that I have given it a you know deep thought and I knew what I was going for. And there are a few things that I kind of realized like why it was important for me to not stay in India and leave and come to US. Um, and US was not more so like the country that I was thinking of at that point. It was more so just me trying to get out of India. And there were a lot of reasons. First reason is like given like how big families are in India, no matter where you go, you always feel pampered. You always feel like there's someone who's always, you know, like there for you, looking out for you. It's not a bad thing. Like it's always good to have those people. But at that point, I just felt like I needed my freedom. I needed that independence to really learn things about myself um, and figure out who I am, what I want to do, and not just be told that this is what I should be doing and this is who I am. Um, because I wanted to find my true identity. Um, and I just didn't feel that would have happened if I had stayed in India surrounded by my parents or like, you know, my family members who would constantly be there to help me throughout the way. I think part of my journey, I wanted to experience it as rough as it was going to get because I think that would have been more rewarding. And that's something that I was already thinking about. The other thing is given how this world is right now, like no matter which company you work for, everything is global. You have to be good at, you know, like understanding people, being able to communicate with people, uh, respecting different cultures, understanding, you know, uh, the differences and all those things. I didn't feel that I would have gotten that plethora of experiences in India because you don't find that rich diversity and, you know, blend of cultures in India. So for me, it was one of those things too that was really important to me to be able to engage with people and grow and learn from them. Um, and that's something that I was looking for, looking to gain through my experience, uh, college experience. And the last thing was like me realizing that there is more to life than just college degree and studying. And me looking to find ways to stay involved and be able to sustain and support myself. Um, and those opportunities I found a lot out here in US and UK, because I've been in touch with my family who've been living here for all these years. So I had that uh, you know, conversation with them like every now and then, and I would ask them like about their experiences and what they recommend and all those things. So yeah, so th those were the few key things for me that helped me figure out like this is what I want to do and this is why I want to leave India and experience something more that is out of my comfort zone. Um, and US was 
the reason why I picked U.S. is also because U.S. is the biggest market for, uh, like, you know, jobs. For my field, um, like, the, obviously, it's easy to find jobs in IT sector, but if you're looking for rewarding jobs, if you're looking for, like, work that is hands-on and it's really challenging, uh, the fact that most of the companies are based out here, um, it only made sense to pursue like my degree from a university in US um, because everything else that I've already talked about, all the universities out here meet that requirement of diversity of uh, extracurricular activities that I was looking for, giving me that sense of freedom of me being able to explore everything on my own. So yeah, so that's, and on top of that, the fact that most of the IT companies are based out here and that's the career that I was pursuing uh, was the other reason why I decided to come to US. Definitely. Um, I think coming to United States, coming to United States, it does help you discover yourself because you're not with your family. You're not with people who are always going to be supportive of you and you do get influenced by their thoughts and what they want from you and where you kind of like lose yourself. And that is actually something that I learned after coming here that I was highly influenced by my family and I had to take like a year or so to like really discover myself, who I want, who I was, what I wanted to be. So that this is a great place to discover yourself. And I'm not saying it can't be done in India, but it just pushes you to do it, even if That's you true. don't want to. So definitely United States is one of the best places for that. And was that the reason you came over here, Yash? Did you find yourself lost? For me, it was a little different experience than Ayush. I think for me, the major reason uh, why I came to the United States in the first place was because um, I, the, the perception, as I mentioned earlier, the perception of the university was very different than the real life. So I wanted that. Uh, I wanted to be as close to my perceived uh, experience that I was looking for um, and learning about the schools in the US. Um, also, I think the other important factor that influenced me was I used to watch a lot of TV shows uh, and majority of the TV shows were filmed here in the US. So I already felt uh, very close to the US than any other country in the first place. Um, and that is something that I didn't have to think twice uh, before uh, thinking about which country I want to go to, uh, because one, my major computer science, again, as I mentioned, like Silicon Valley is here. There is like a lot of opportunities in the healthcare and tech sector, the fintech sector. Um, all of these, uh, the ground of innovation uh, is is right here in the U.S. Uh, and I have seen a lot of people uh, in my friend circle who did their bachelor's and moved to the U.S. for their master's. Um, and this is how, you know, I wanted to also experience the same thing, but a little bit earlier. Um, and that was the reason why I moved to the U.S. I think I, it didn't even uh, strike my mind to look at the other countries in the first place uh, because of these reasons. And I, knew, and I knew for sure that once I moved to the U.S., I'll be comfortable um, because I had that I had that backbone and and people to talk to that how the life is or or what it is that you found difficult. I had those conversations with people earlier, even before uh, I moved here to the U.S. 
So you both say that you came to US because you felt like your Silicon Valley was here, the Jostar computer science. But like, did you guys already know that you guys wanted to be in computer science? Well, I know you, she were studying back in Manipal University. So you probably had an idea, but like, were you sure that this is what you wanted to do? That's a good question. Um, and that actually ties in with kind of uh, like my college experience at Ohio State. Um, because I think I will also tie it back to the last, you know, thing that we just talked about, um, how when you grow up in India, you always are fed these thoughts of what you should be doing and, you know, whatnot. Um, and I think computer science was something that became my major um, based on what I was hearing from people and what my family was telling me and what everyone was doing around me. Um, so it wasn't a major that I knew I was inclined towards because I never really explored any of those things. Uh, it's the major that I decided to go with because of all these thoughts that were fed into my head. And it just so happened to be the case that when I started doing, uh, or when I started studying computer science um, in India, I enjoyed it. Uh, but then things changed quite a lot when I came out here in the U.S. and when I started my experience at Ohio State. So I, I think there are a few words that I would like to use to sum up my experience at Ohio State. Um, it's been challenging, rewarding, fruitful, and enriching. Um, and it's been challenging because obviously you're coming to U.S., you are on your own, you don't know much about the culture, let alone like anything else, you're still trying to figure yourself out. You go through that identity crisis, like who am I, where, where do I fit in? Like, and all those questions you're asking yourself while you're still trying to manage your studies and figuring out like, like where to go to get food and do all these things. Um, so it was challenging in that sense. And it was a good sort of a challenge. It wasn't like, a mentally draining challenge in the sense like, oh, I don't think I'm made for this kind of thing. Um, the challenges that I was ready and prepared for. Um, and then it was rewarding because looking back at my three years at Ohio State, I don't think there's uh, anything that I would like to change about it. I, the connections I made, the things and opportunities that I got involved in, the education that I got, the people that I met, they've all played a big role in my career uh, and in my life to help me get where I am. And uh, it was fruitful because through those three years at Ohio State, I learned a lot about myself that I didn't know because um, like I was, I always felt like in India, I was living a life that people kind of wanted me to live, not something that was my true self. So when I came out here, um, I learned like I'm more of a people person and I'm not just all about coding all day long. And the more I got involved, I had, I, I as I'm pretty sure like every semester I had at least four jobs on campus doing something or the other, either they were paid or unpaid, but those four jobs never made me feel any stress, even with the amount of homework I had or you know, exams and classes I was taking. Um, so for me, it was through that, you know, whole experience that I realized like, okay, that's maybe computer science is not 
like the major that fits in completely with my skill set um, because the thing that I'm looking for has a lot more uh, to do with interpersonal skills and soft skills. Um, but at the same time, I also know like computer science is not all just about coding. There are different fields within computer science that you can pursue, which help you, uh, you know, hone your soft skills and use those skills. So yeah, so through those experiences, I learned a lot about myself, things I like, things I don't like, how adventurous I am or how much willing I am to like go out of my comfort zone and interact with people and the fact that I was willing to make myself vulnerable so I could, you know, make connections and build meaningful relationships. Um, so yeah, so like, I think I knew getting into college that computer science is what I wanted to do. But by the time I got out of college, I realized like computer science is not the only thing that I want to do. And there's a lot of other things that I'm passionate about. Um, and since then, since graduation, I've been trying to bring all those things together and trying to find a role that helps me not just use my college degree, but also the soft skills, uh, soft skills that I've developed over the years uh, through my involvement on campus or through my involvement at my job and by meeting people and networking. So yeah, so, and I think that probably, and that's just my opinion, would not have happened if I was back in India because I would have never gotten out of that bubble of, you know, like living someone else's dream because Ohio State and coming to US made me realize what my dream is and how I wanted to pursue it. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely came way out of your comfort zone all the way to America. <laughs> so if anything, US does push you to find yourself and then really define who you are outside, outside of like other people's perspective. And that is something I personally have also experienced. Like I did start with computer science as a major coming, you know, listening to all this, that engineering, computers. I did start with that, but then coming here, I did change my major. And that is one thing I think we all love about the higher education in the United States, that it lets you switch your majors from one to another. It just enriches your experience. You're able to test your skills out. And I think Yash can talk more on that. How was that for you, Yash? Like coming to college over here and then figuring out your majors yeah um i uh i still am a, a pretty finicky person in, when it comes to picking uh what you want to do in your life uh and it has continued since i was a kid um so when i had to pick between uh doing uh like picking a major uh, after high school, um, I wanted to do electrical engineering. Uh, and then I decided why not do instrumentation engineering? So that's where my college life started. Within six months, um, I knew instrumentation engineering was not for me and computers was something that I really, really enjoyed. So then after coming to the US, I. I loved my initial classes on computer science, but then I was already so involved with computer science community, participating in competitions, hackathons, and all these different kinds of activities and clubs that I felt the classes were not challenging enough. Um, 
And so I ended up switching my major to neuroscience. Um, and then I realized, well, in the first two weeks itself, I realized that, well, biology and neuroscience is something that is not my cup of tea. And I realized it because I knew I was not good at memorization. I am very good with conceptually understanding things and applying them in real life. Um, and neuroscience for me was a lot of memorization. So within two weeks, I switched my major to business because business is a blend of math. It's a blend of concepts, but at the same time, it also has its applications in real life. Um, so switching to business enabled me to understand like the ins and outs of how companies work. Uh, I was in business major for almost a semester and then I pivoted back to computer science because I understood after the semester that my real love uh, for major lies in breaking things, um, not making things. Um, and computer science was closest to allowing me to break things. And I was really good at just finding issues with projects or assignments or, or any of the things that we made. Um, and my friends in the group would actually code them and I would just try to break them. So that was my life summed up as a computer science major. Uh, and then I also minored in entrepreneurship and innovation because that was something that I was taking that knowledge and trying to, you know, connect the dots of the, of the puzzle. Um, and uh, that's how I picked my major and minor in, in, in uh, college. But overall, uh, like Ayush said, I think Ayush summed it up really well, uh, how the college experience has been. Uh, and he touched on all the points that, you know, college experience here in the U.S. absolutely enables you to find your own self. It allows you to question yourself, which I feel otherwise you would not have been able to do that in India, because anytime you have some doubts or something that you talk to other people, um, you always get their opinions and you always get like what they think that, uh, you know, uh, you should be doing or what your life should be about. But here, when you talk to people, uh, you understand your advisors or your professors or even sometimes your friends uh, and colleagues, when you talk to them and ask them that, hey, I don't understand these things, rather than telling you what to do, they ask you the right questions that enables you to introspect yourself. And I think that is the biggest difference that I have found here in the, in the education system in the US that you actually begin to question your decisions. Uh, you get to be independent. I had never done taxes before and doing taxes while being in school uh, was something that was very um, uncomfortable for me in the first place. I had to ask a lot of questions. I had to approach a lot of people um, and paying your bills, pay, understanding the importance of, of, the, of the money you make, where to spend it, all these deci decisions, when you get to take yourself, you realize that the importance of, of the real world and when you go out there, uh, you get the taste right when you're in the college. So you know you can make better decisions, you can be a better version of yourself. And pretty much in addition to what Ayush said, my college experience was, was just the same. Uh, I was also involved in a lot of uh, clubs and organizations. Um, I made some bad decisions in college. There was a semester where I 
overshot myself and took like 29 credit hours when the max was 18 credit hours. I still regret that decision. I still remember there was not a single day where I slept like more than four hours. Uh, I was just an over-enthusiastic kid here with all the freedom and I tried to just stretch my boundaries. So I also realized where my boundaries were, what I needed to get out of life. Um, and there are some things that you just learn by making mistakes. Uh, and I think Ohio State has been one of one hell of a journey that has en enabled me to discover my own self. Yeah, I think we're all touching on the same point that one of the major reasons we come here is to discover ourselves. And even if we don't want to, it pushes you in a way that you end up discovering yourself. And then I think something very important that you touched on is mentors that you get here in US, they don't tell you what to do, but they ask the right questions that make you internalize and realize what you want to do. Because I remember like one time my mother said, she's like, oh, if he is such a great mentor to you, why didn't he tell you to go for an MBA? I was like, because that's not what good mentors do. They don't tell you what to do. They ask you the right questions so you figure out what you want to do. So I think that's such an important role of a mentor to, or anyone who's guiding you. And that is something which is not fully like festered in India. And you're mostly just told what to do. And you're just kind of supposed to follow it without questioning it because somehow that's going to lead you into a happy and stable life. And it does not all the time. <laughs> so US does help you in that. So when you guys are applying for your colleges, what did you guys look at in colleges? Your, what helped you shortlist like to Ohio State? And like, were there other colleges that you guys were looking for? How did you guys go about researching your college shortlisting process? Um, so I think uh, there's a lot of points for me to touch on on this one. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, I started having these conversations with my parents when I was in 10th grade. And I already knew I could gauge like their interests and their, uh, you know, uh, understanding of where I was going with my whole education. Uh, so I knew like it would be a very challenging and like a very, you know, gruesome conversation that I'll have to have when the time comes because it will require a lot of convincing. It will, because obviously there's a lot of money that will go into, you know, like supporting my education and it's not a decision that they would make at the cost of, you know, me just wasting my time away. Um, so like from 10th grade onwards, I already knew like, I, if I'm serious about this thing, I need to prepare myself for like these kind of conversations. And I need to think about like what can help me in figuring out which university is good because obviously like, like it's me who's taking the initiative and me trying to convince my parents. So my parents will only be involved into this whole process once they know that I'm serious about it and I'm giving my 100%. So I was doing a lot of research from 10th grade onwards, talking to my relatives who live out here and in UK and Australia, asking them about universities, asking them about their jobs and what they do and how the job market is to kind of understand, like, is it worth it for me to go to a country uh, where the job market is not as good and get a degree from there? Um, so, yeah, so those conversations I started having early on in 10th grade and in 12th grade when I 
finally had that serious conversation with my parents. My, I still remember my dad told me like four years is just a lot of money and it's, it's not like, it's not like sustainable for us to just send you for four years. And it's not just like the college money. It's like your travel and your expenses there and all those things that add up. And that's not something we can estimate right now. And we never know like how the economy is going to be and things like that. So for me, I already knew like, okay, it's not going to be just as simple as like, oh yeah, I am sure I've thought about these things and these are the points, bullet points. So yeah, now, you know, like I'm, super set on this thing. Um, so I did my research, uh, like during my board's exam and I was like, okay, like there should be some way for me to still like lower down the cost, you know, and still be able to do what I want to do and get a degree from a foreign university. And I came across Manipal ICAS program and, um, it, it felt just the perfect match for what I was looking for because for two years I was getting a education from a university in India, um, which was, which had ties with a lot of universities in US and around the world. So I knew like my credits could transfer and that would save me two years of expenses on foreign education. Um, so I told my dad about that and my dad was like, that's still like, it's still two years and you never know like how things go. Like we don't know anything about the education system so you cannot promise us like, oh, it's going to be two years. And I was like, dad, I promise you, like, I am serious about this thing. And I'm not, I've not switched my majors. I've not done anything. Like I've maintained my GPS. You can look at my record. And it's not something that I'm doing and just messing around with. Um, and my dad put this condition on like my college. And he was like, okay, if that's what you want to do, you can do it. But know that you told me two years. And those are the two years that I will be supporting you for. If it goes beyond those two years, it's all on you and you have to figure it out. And that was something that I, I was prepared for because like, I know like how these conversations were going to go, I could anticipate. So I had jobs when I was in college in India, I was saving up that money. And um, so, yeah, so when I went to ICAS Manipal, um, the another uh, the other reason for going there was like obviously if you live in U.S. Um, and you decide to you know pursue your college uh, like your undergrad at one of these universities in U.S. you can always visit the campus you can check out like you know the facility you can meet with the staff and the instructors and learn a lot about you know what your college life would look like if you were to join but obviously when you're in India that's not you know, a privilege that you have because you can't just fly out here and visit university whenever you want. So the other benefit that I was getting as part of being uh, there at ICAS was I already knew that my seniors were at all these universities out here. So I could just reach out to them over LinkedIn or Facebook and just connect with them and ask them about their experience uh, and like these different universities that they went to. And at that point, I also knew like, obviously I have to stay within a budget that I can afford. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to compromise on my education and the other things that I'm looking for. So um, I think uh, when I applied, I got into Ann Arbor, uh, UIUC, uh, Minnesota, and Ohio State and like, uh, I think Drexel was one other. 
Um, but then I talked to my seniors who were at all these universities and asked them about their experiences. And Ohio State really clicked with me, uh, first of all, because it transferred a lot of my credits, which made me realize that I could get my degree in two years. Um, but then the other thing was, uh, one of my seniors, I still remember till this day, he told me like, you name an interest that you have and I can promise you, you will find an organization that is, you know, involved in that kind of initiative. And for you, the like this university provides you the platform to build that network and community that you easily, you know, get along with. And it doesn't take you long to find where you belong and where you fit in. And that was something really crucial for me to, you know, have because obviously when you're coming here, everything is changing, like culture, environment, language, people, everything is changing. So one thing I wanted was to have some stability and some sort of assurance that, okay, while 100 things are changing, there's one thing where I know like I'm fitting in and I belong. So for me, realizing that, okay, this university has more than just the uh, academic aspect and has the extracurricular side to it, um, which is really strong, was key. And uh, then I came here and as, as it was meant to be, I found out that the credits that Ohio State transferred were not the actual credits. They were more so general credits. So I had to go through a credit reevaluation and only to find out that it will take me a year more than two years to graduate. And at that point, obviously, like I knew that's that third year is where I'll have to put in the money or take the loan if I don't have the money. So I used the first two years to save up on all the money that I was getting. My dad was sending me my personal expenses. I didn't spend any. I was saving that up. I had jobs just like Yash on campus, um, not paying enough, but still better than nothing. Um, so saved all of that and internship money and all those things. So kind of financial decision and what I was looking for in a university and talking to my seniors uh, who were at these universities helped me realize that Ohio State uh, was the university that I wanted to come to. And yeah, looking back at it, I definitely feel I made the right decision because uh, the stress that I went through was definitely worth the risk and the reward and that came out of it. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a decision that I'm pretty sure Yesh, I can speak for Yesh too, and he doesn't regret it either. So yeah, that's a bit about why I chose Ohio State. <laughs> that is actually really interesting because you know, like when you're choosing your college, I think one of the most important things to know is that when you don't know exactly what you want to do, you want to look at a college which kind of offers all the things, you know, like, yeah. of course, like some colleges are great and you're like, okay, I want to go to Stanford or Harvard, but then it might not offer courses in that you might find yourself interested in or organizations in certain places. Not that I'm saying they don't, I'm sure they do. But then to look at a college from a global perspective that has a good arts college, a good science college, a good economics college, I think like having that overall experience is definitely good to have. And so I know like, Yash, so what about you? Like, did you 
choose your colleges like you you knew right away you wanted to go to Ohio State did you have multiple choices um not really so I knew my path to coming to the U.S. I can break it down into two aspects one is to convince my parents that I it was better for me to drop out um, and move to the U.S. right during my undergrad because one of the arguments that they had was I should finish my bachelor's and then move to the U.S. for my master's. So that was one battle that I was fighting. And the other battle that I was fighting was picking colleges. And that was something that no one else could help me with. Um, and it was just, I, I knew I had to fight that battle myself. So um, the way I tackled both of those things was... Um, like my inherent nature uh, is to do a lot of research and uh, just have every single data point that I can find. Um, and I'm obsessed with it, uh, any, anything related to data. So um, I literally spent days and days and months just researching not just colleges, uh, but also specific classes, specific curriculums who the professors are, what their uh, research is, how many patents did they have. Um, so I, I did like extremely thorough research, uh, specifically because I didn't go to college. I had dropped out and I had like all the time in my hand. Uh, but another thing was also because I found that fascinating. Um, I loved reading their articles or, or their publications. Um, and when I reached out to mom and dad with the list of colleges that I wanted to go to, go to I had specific uh, reasons why I wanted to go and what classes I would take under which professor. So I had like absolute thorough plan that this is what I, wa I would be doing. Um, of course, plans change and they did when I came here. That's another, that's another story to tell. Uh, but uh, applying back for admissions, I think one of the things that really helped me and the reason why I picked Ohio State was because com no, I'm not talking about the computer science program overall itself. Uh, the fundamentals of computer science, which means that the first year of computer science that the classes that you take at Ohio State is ranked best in the country, um, even above any of the Ivy Leagues or anything that you see. Um, so I wanted to make sure that my fundamentals were clear. Uh, I had the best basic knowledge because if you have the basic knowledge, you can basically expand it and apply it to whichever field you like. Uh, so I wanted my fundamentals to be very clear. Um, so that's why Ohio State was something that really struck me uh, and fascinated me. Uh, also the amount of clubs, organizations, uh, the opportunities that they had. Um, I also went uh to the extent of researching like what companies came to the career fairs uh for the colleges and i had every specific detail like nailed down um i had like almost 30 40 pages per university like listing every single thing uh that i was interested in and and things that i did not like about colleges so all these different things that i had listed enabled me to basically go to my parents and said hey, this is all the research that I've done. This is the college I want to go to. These are the reasons why I want to go to. These are the financial costs that is associated with the college. These are the scholarships that I will be eligible for. These are the scholarships that I won't be eligible for. These are the on-campus jobs that I am planning to do. These are the interviews that I have to go through. Like I had every single thing basically just 
nailed down to the very last bit. And I think that not just helped me convincing my parents, but also helped me when I came here to, uh, to the colleges because I, I, I already knew the process, how it worked. Um, and I didn't have to like go through and start from scratch uh, for all these different things, whether it's job or registering for classes or even like finding out things about advising office because I knew which classes I was going to take if I, if I was to graduate uh, with that degree. And I think that is something that, that when I look back is one of the best things or one of the best decisions that I made because it saved me so much time uh, here at college that I was able to just explore a lot of other things uh, at Ohio State itself. Well, I am so happy to hear that you did all that research because not a lot of students do that, especially coming from international. Like they don't even know that that's the research they should do. Because I was definitely one of those kids. I had to come here and figure out the advisors. I was like, what are advisors? Why do we need them? Do we really need them? <laughs> so I had to figure it out after coming here. So any listener, listener like who's listening, I think it's important to know that you actually can figure all these things out beforehand. Coming from like a national background, you don't know, like there are organizations that you could be involved in. There are so many things outside just attending a class that you are not prepared for because that's just not how we are growing in like traditional colleges in India. That's not how it works. But you being able to do that research and actually figuring out just shows that that is something you can do. Just like all you have to do is Google search. And for people who don't know what Google is, Google it. <laughs> so, so while you were doing all your research, how did you like come up with your like personal statement? Of course, like it helped, you know, like knowing about a college in particular, but what about like your personal statements and extracurricular activities? Cause the admissions office does give a lot of weightage to them to see how you act outside of classes, not just in a four walled area. How did you portray that on your application? Like, were there particular things that you were really good at? What made you stand out? Um, I think for me, it was a bit different. Uh, well, first of all, it's a hard question to answer, mostly because I do not remember much about my personal statement. I know I did write one, but for me, the process was a lot different. Um, I'm not sure about you, Yash, um, but since I didn't start my college at uh, Ohio State, I did my first two years back in India. Uh, so for me, more than personal statement, it, my grades at um, Manipal were more important and my SAT, SAT, and TOEFL score were more important because the program that I was part of was already giving GPAs on a 4.0 scale. So there wasn't like a necessity for me to do the conversion from like a 10.0 scale to try to figure out if I fit into like the admission criteria for a particular university. And since my program was already part of a lot of, uh, affiliated with a lot of universities out here. So my personal statement was more so not that important than like my grades and my scores. But I do remember writing a personal statement because it's like part of the process, you still have to do it, um, even though it did not have much weightage, but it pretty much touched on all the points that uh, I've talked about so far, um, like what I was looking for in my education, like how I was 
trying to grow not just professionally but personally and um, how I felt that the university was providing me that platform and those opportunities to kind of explore and learn. Um, and in school too, there were like, like I guess not school, I'll talk about college because I did my first years at ICAS. Um, so I was involved a lot in college too. Uh, my program was a pretty small program. It was like a class of 250 students compared to like the bigger, you know, group of university kids at Manipal University. So yeah, so within that uh, class of 200, um, I was the, what do you call like the cultural head uh, for representing our ICAS group among other divisions and uh, colleges within Manipal. So College of Dentistry, College of uh, Medicine and all those things. So ICAS was its own group. And I was like the cultural head uh, for representing and taking part in all those cultural activities around the campus. And um, I was also the head. Um, I'm missing all the terms that they use. So pardon me on that, but it's, it's like the head for computer science department, uh, like a student head that would work with the professors to kind of figure out if the curriculum is the right curriculum or not and what can be changed and what the students are not happy about and being like that intermediator between students and the faculty. Um, so those were the two things that I was involved in. Um, but I think that same experience kind of carried forward when I came out here and the involvements that I had here on campus uh, pretty much reflected on all the things that I had mentioned. And um, at Ohio State, I was working um, for the first year, I didn't do much because not for the first year, I think for the first semester, I didn't do much because that was the time I took to kind of get used to everything and settle in to not stress myself out uh, with like a lot of things that are happening. Um, but after the first semester, I got involved as an orientation leader, uh, helping with international student check-in and orientation. I was working as a global ambassador, um, organizing events for international students throughout the academic year to keep them more involved and engaged and uh, informed about what's going on uh, around campus so they don't feel like left out and they have a community that they can be part of. Um, I was working as a teaching assistant for some of the courses that I took. So that gave me an opportunity to learn more about what my professors were doing, the research they were doing, and some great networking opportunity to meet with some of the graduate students and their uh, you know, experiences. I was working as a teaching assistant, uh, figuring out like, you know, the course material for that semester, how it should be prepared and all those things. I was working as a grader um, and I did engineering ambassador. Uh, I was also an engineering ambassador. So like helping with the engineering check-in and orientation. And uh, there was a mentoring program that we had for engineering students, for first year engineering students. So helping with all of that. And all these experiences helped me a lot, kind of build those skills that I always wanted to focus on. Um, and I think one of the most rewarding experiences was being the chair of commencement week. And I got to organize my own commencement, uh, which was cool, but that was, that is, that was one of the experiences that made me realize that I don't give myself enough credit for, you know, the work that I put in. And 
a lot of times I end up doubting myself, which through my work, I've seen like, if I stop doing that and believe in myself a bit more, I would, I would be doing 10 times better than what I'm doing. But that's the thing that you learn about yourself as you go through like the whole process of failing and understanding things about yourself and whatnot. Yeah, so those were like some of the experiences uh, that helped me work with faculty on campus that helped me work with uh, like immigration coordinators, uh, a lot of student um, bodies on campus and non-faculty members from different uh, universities or companies that we would partner with and work with. So yeah, those were a lot of the involvements that kind of helped me through my college career as well. Yeah, it looks like you had a very vast experience throughout the college. You were involved with a lot of things. And I think coming from a national community, you don't really know what all things are there. So there are things like you could be a teaching assistant, you could be part of some organizations and actually be like heading them. And even I was part of the international orientation and kind of helped organize all these like programs throughout the colleges for international students to like come and they could feel more included. And some, I know, I know like some students won't even know that these events are happening on campus. So just like if anyone's listening, there are facilities on campus where you can go get to know people because any university, I would say in U.S. does its best to kind of include you coming from an international place. They have events where you can go and like learn about school and kind of connect with more students that are coming. And so there are things that you can do. So what about you, Yash? Did you, like, I know like you had like a year off and what, how did you cover that up? And what were the extracurricular activities you were involved? How did you portray your entire journey of dropping out and then starting back college in your college applications? Because I know sometimes that could be a little tough to explain. So how did you do it? Yeah, um, so... I was a very involved kid in terms of extracurricular activities when it came to extracurriculars. Um, so I had participated in a lot of debate competitions, a lot of uh, public speaking competitions since, since as far as I can remember. Um, and I think that that really helped me uh, shape my application, especially because um, when I was in 10th grade, um, I prioritized my extracurriculars over academics. Um, and one of the reasons is because I had very supportive parents um, and they still support me in all of my career decisions. And when it came to picking between like uh, academics and uh, representing um, in extracurriculars and I wanted to do the extracurriculars, they basically did not give a second thought and told me, yes, beta, you know, you can go and uh, do like follow your heart. Um, and uh, I did that. And I think that really shaped uh, my, my application because I was, that was the distinguishing factor in my application when I wrote it. Um, in 10th grade, I remember we had board exams in the month of March. Uh, and a lot of competitions and everything happened like right around that time between October through February. And in October, uh, I got this opportunity to uh, represent India at international research camp in Denmark. And 
And I did that. Uh, I basically skipped all of my exams during the month of October. Um, I went to Denmark, represented India at the international uh, research uh, camp. Um, and the project that I worked on over there um, was uh, deemed as one of what the top three projects. And that's how, you know, my essentially uh, my journey uh, towards sustainability uh, that I that I work on the side started. Um, and it is something that I don't think I would have gotten the opportunity if I hadn't taken that that leap. Um, and as much as academics are important, so are your soft skills and uh, the experiences that you have during your school uh, are the ones that actually shape you. Um, and so extracurricular activities for me was something that fortunately, knock on the wood, was something that I had to pick, uh, like which extracurricular activities to include in my application. Uh, but at the same time, it was also very difficult because um, in your college application packet, um, the, the extracurricular activities that you include may not necessarily resonate with the admissions office uh, because the things that you participate in India might be very different or unheard of uh, here in the US. So you had to actually spend some time uh, doing research on, on those kind of things. Um, and I feel for me, uh, my high school and the year that I basically dropped out of college uh, or necessarily just didn't go to college, I was still a part of the college. Uh, my, my name was still on the roll call, uh, although uh, I was marked absent in all of my classes. I still, I still ended up like doing extracurriculars in college, even though I'd never attended academics. Um, and during that time, it was funny because uh, the, the professors and the dean and everyone in India knew that uh, I still used to come to college from time to time, participate in all these extracurriculars, but they never showed up in classes. Um, and and the, the year that I dropped out, I essentially led my team to win the national competition uh, at IIT Bombay. But at the same year, I never attended a single class. So it was a funny moment when the, the dean of the college actually had had to you know wanted to meet me because like the college was in the news and there were like newspaper articles and everyone was talking about how the university like came first in this national level competition but then the professors and everyone was like who is this kid we have never even seen him in class um so that was like a fun conversation that i had and i and i talked about it in my application um and i and one of the things that i think every person who is applying to uh, college here in the U.S. is uh, just just be yourself, just be honest, and and just portray what you are. Because at the end of the day, the more honest opinion that you give of yourself, the more value uh, you'll get out of it. And just be truthful. Uh, do not lie in your application. Um, I did not have any problems just mentioning that. You know, I just did not feel like going to college. I was really depressed and which was true. I was really depressed uh, at that time. I did not know what to do with my life. And I told in the application itself that I, although right now I know I want to major in computer science, things might change. And 
it will all depend on the experiences that I get in the college. And that is something that I'm looking forward to. Uh, and that is how I shaped my uh, personal statement. Um, and that's how my journey went. Some students can definitely feel like the need to lie if they didn't go to college, you know, didn't attend classes. But the fact that you were brutally honest, I think that maybe that's why you got in, you know, we don't know. But I think it's extremely important to just putting your full version of yourself out there without like hiding something or trying to be like over smart about it because they will find out. You know, these college admissions are extremely smart. And some of the colleges do have interview processes. You know, the, the top ones that do have interview processes. And if you are selected for an interview, they will probably know. Exactly. And I think one of the other, other things that I did during my gap year was, although I did not like taking classes uh, at my college itself, I still ended up taking like online classes uh, in the most random uh, topics or, or subjects that you'll find. And I think that really helped shape uh, my understanding in the world outside of engineering uh, that opened up doors for me and like things that I never even knew existed. So uh, although like it does not matter, I mean, it does matter you take a gap year, but what you do with the gap year is something that, you know, you should be able to explain uh, in your application. And that is something that I think a lot of people miss out on. Um, because that gap year, uh, when you grow up, you'll realize that it probably was one of the times in your life that you're never going to get it back, where you had all the freedom uh, in the world and you weren't like necessarily bound by a lot of rules or regulations. Um, and although, well, uh, although you were, but you just chose to be a rebellious kid and just not uh, heed to the boundaries that that were laid in front of you, which you might not be able to do that again. Who knows? Yeah. So if you're that kid who's totally confused and does not know what to do is not going to colleges, but just participating in the college fest, you are completely eligible for applying to United States. <laughs> so don't be discouraged if you are that kid. And if you're listening, America welcomes you and they do allow that place for you to like grow and learn because I think at that age no one really knows what to do and I think it's all the journey that we're still learning and sometimes you're 24 25 you graduate and you still don't know what you really want to do I think that we that could be all of us you know <laughs> so and so of course you know like making that decision to come here and then pursuing this is was so intense and then considering all the finances that come along with it like how do you guys go along with like funding your processes because like as Ayush said he saved up and he had to pay for his third year because clearly his dad was not ready for it so how did you manage that Ayush? Um, I think so obviously like the first years were funded by my dad and third year when that time came um like obviously he knew ahead of time like when like right when i started college at ohio state i told him because the first thing i had to go through after coming to ohio state was figure out my classes that i'm going to take so i was talking to my advisor and that's when they told me well before you figure out the classes you have to take you need to get your credits evaluated so we can see which 
computer science courses you need to take and with genets you need to take and that was the moment when i realized like okay this would be like a make it or break it deal because i don't know how that's going to go and um so when i had to get my credits reevaluated uh, when they did the reevaluation it actually added four four years to my college not three um what i was expecting um and four was just like that's not like even in my worst case scenario i did not prepare for four more years of college because i had already done two years so that was not a conversation that i was ready to have with my dad because i had no way of explaining like how i was going to pay for it um so i let like a week go two week go and uh, keep in mind so i came to ohio state or i came to us like a month before classes started because i just wanted to settle in get everything out of the way before campus gets busy and advisors get busy so like i just for two weeks i was just stressed out trying to figure out like how like how did this happen like why did i not know of this and where did i fall short in my research that i'm in this position now and funny enough and i guess i just got lucky uh, but i'm glad that it happened but uh, after two weeks i went back to my advisor um and i told her like this is what i was told when i was coming here uh, and that's why it was one of the reasons why i picked it and now after the evaluation i'm losing like more than half of my credits because they think like these cannot transfer and my advisor was really understanding and she told me like don't worry about it we'll we'll you know we'll figure something out and it just so happens that the person who evaluated the reevaluated my credits was on vacation so someone else had to do the reevaluation when i you know asked for that and that person was more generous than my old uh, you know the old uh, the other guy who did the reevaluation so he gave me back more credits than i was initially getting so that saved me a year and a half um so i could have finished my college in two and a half years but i took that one semester extra just to kind of take some of the courses like that i would never take um and some of the courses that you probably if you are at a university in india you probably will never even have a chance to take like learning how to skydive learning how to do tumbling and rock climbing and wine tasting and all those things and i was like you know that's a, that's a cool experience i'll get to meet more people and i'll do it um but yeah at the end of the day i was still adding a semester i still had to pay for it um so i told my dad about this and he was like okay we'll see when the time comes like you start with your college like there's nothing we can do now we've already you know paid for this year and what not um and i was like that it's fine like i will figure something out i don't want you to stress out and that's the promise i made to you and i'll keep that promise and when my second year ended uh like i was you know like gathering all the money that i had i was like let me count all these pennies and see how much money i've saved and my my and my dad uh, you know came back to me and he was like i see i see your dedication i see your commitment i you've proven me wrong like time and time again with all the things that i was thinking about how your college experience would be and you've proven me wrong your grades have been way better than what they were back in india your involvement outside of classes has been a lot more than what it was back here 
um, I was worried that you will get into, you know, drinking and drugs and partying and all those things. But here I am. I don't even have to worry about any of those things. Like, I may not be talking to you for days, but I know like you are doing fine. I don't have to worry about, oh, what if he's dead in like an alley or like something like that. So he like over those two years that I was here, I built that trust with him. Um, I showed him how sincere I was about my college and uh, about my education. So for the third year, he also helped me with, but he at the same time, he also wanted me to, you know, do my part of the deal. So he asked me to chip in whatever I had and he would support me with the you know rest of it. And still I, I had that, uh, you know, kind of lingering, I think that self-respect where I was like, I need to be able to keep my word to my dad. So I did take his help, but at the same time I took a small loan um, just so like, you know, I'm not completely like, putting a big hole in his pocket. Um, but he, I think he came around seeing like how I was doing and how committed I was to what I told him, like, I think six, seven years ago and how I was sticking by it. Um, so yeah, so that was another thing that I had to learn on my own. Like, how does a student loan work? And like, how do you even justify like, yeah, you can get a loan. And that was a hard thing because in India, like I never really took loan, like it's always my parents or someone else doing it. But here, like your credit score is everything. Like you need to have a credit score. And one thing that my dad told me before I came here, he was like, never buy a credit card. Like let's just never get a credit card. That's the end of like your life because you'll just get sucked into paying all these interest rates and whatnot. And it just freaked me out because I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, uh, I'm already struggling to pay all these bills. I don't want to add interest on top of it. Um, but then when, like after two weeks of being here, when I realized like, oh, I have to do this third year and I need to figure out my, you know, expenses, people told me like, you need to have a credit card because you need to build like your credit score and you need to know how these things work. And that's how like, you know, these banks and creditors know like your uh, credibility and so that I started looking into that to see like, oh, what's like the cheapest credit card, which does not have an annual fee and things like that. So I can still like use it for small expenses, but build my credit score. Um, and that helped in, you know, figuring out the loan aspect of it. Um, and I had a host family here when I came to US um, and they helped me a lot in figuring those things out too. Like who should I talk to and which, credit unions are good or which banks would be good in understanding like how the whole, you know, student loan works and how it impacts like your status and things like that and taxes and all that stuff. So, yeah, so it was, uh, it was a learning curve, uh, but just like anything else, um, when the time comes, you will realize what's important and you'll, you know, learn the process, um, not saying like it's easy. Like I did my taxes wrong for first three years and I didn't even know. And I was like, yeah, I did my taxes. And three years later, someone tells me, well, you did all your taxes wrong. And I was like, oh shit. Uh, so I went back and redid my taxes, but it's, it's a, it's a learning process. Uh, and yeah, I think pay, being able to pay for my college was just as humbling of an experience as any, because it made me realize like, college degree will not help you with all these things. You still, 
there's still a lot more to life than just having the degree with your name on it. You need to know how life works, how you can, you need to manage your money. Earning is not the only thing that helps in surviving. It's efficiently knowing how to manage your money. So yeah, um, my dad and like through my savings and loan, like I was able to kind of afford my education for those three years that I decided to, you know, stay at Ohio State. Yeah. Did you look for any scholarships? Oh yeah. Um, I did, but that's, that's something that I was bad at. Um, because most of these scholarships that I was coming across, uh, quite a few of them were not catered toward international students, but the ones that I came across through my university were like not a lot of money. They were for a sum of $1,000, $500 or $1,500. And given how much you have to pay as an international student, out-of-state tuition, it just felt like the amount of work I would put into an application was not worth the reward um, and given the competition. But again, that I think looking back at it, I think that was a mistake on my end um, because I, I mean, 1500 is still better than like zero that I got. Um, but that was, that was more so my thinking process at that point of time, because I was already involved a lot on campus and with classes and everything. I was like, yeah, I don't know if like, I want to put in so much time and effort into filling out an application just to get like a thousand dollar, uh, you know, scholarship. Um, but I think it was a mistake uh, that if I can go back, I would correct it. But again, uh, another mistake was me not doing enough research to see like what scholarships are out there. It's mostly me, what I heard from people or what I came across, but I know like there are a lot of uh, ways for you to get your tuition waived off and things like that. Um, and actually I did have an opportunity um, in college. And I think you took advantage of that one. But um, one of the things that I realized during my college years as an undergrad was if you become a resident advisor, um, an RA for a university dorm, uh, it waves off your housing fee and it gives you uh, like, you know, money towards your meals and all those things on campus. And for the three years that I was on campus, I like I like for the three years that I was at Ohio State, I lived on campus. So for me, I knew like that would help me significantly if I become an RA and uh, you know, like can get that money waived off, uh, housing, uh, tuition, uh, housing waived off. And I did apply for it and I got the job, but at last minute I decided that's not something I wanted to do because it was just with my other involvements, I felt like a deeper connection with those involvements and the network that I had built. And this RA job would be more demanding. And that's something that I just didn't think I would be able to balance at that point. So I gave up on that opportunity, uh, which would have saved me a lot of money. But yeah, so again, like there are opportunities outside of just, uh, you know, uh, your scholarships. Um, on campus, you can find ways to be able to, you know, support your college uh, funding through these RA residential advisor um, jobs. Or if you are a graduate student, you have GTA, 
or you know all these graduate assistant jobs that you can have so yeah so some mistakes that i made um, obviously uh, i i mean it wouldn't be my college experience if i didn't make any mistakes <laughs> You are so right. And I think is there like whoever's like listening, there are ways outside of just getting scholarships, like being a resident assistant. And this is something you wouldn't think of, right? But if yeah. you're in the US and you're a resident assistant, you get paid for your scholar like your housing and your meals. And you all you have to do is like manage the the floor building. Yeah. yeah, or the floor that you're living in. And of course it can be demanding, but it saves you a lot of money. And especially being an international student, if funds is something you are going to struggle with, that is definitely the opportunity you should pursue. And you, and it's not that hard to get. It's not like a job that, you know, applying to Google or <laughs> applying to Chase that you're like, Oh, how am I going to get this? It's really easy to get as long as you, there are like some programs you have to kind of go through. Uh, and then you, uh, maybe like Yash can go more deeper on it about like, how did you manage like doing your funding? And then, as you said, you joined the RA program. Maybe you could touch a little bit on that. Did you have any scholarships? Uh, I did not have any scholarships. Um, so the way finances worked for me was, um, I basically had anticipated uh, these are the finances that are going to happen in the next two years uh, that I'll be in college. Uh, just like Ayush, I anticipated it would take me two, maybe two and a half more years to uh, get my degree. And um, I had anticipated like what finances it would take. I had that conversation with uh, mom and dad. Uh, they knew uh, what the financial investment uh, there was. Um, and when I came here, um, I ended up becoming an office assistant for one semester, uh, which just meant that at the, at the dorm that I was living in, um, I had to manage the front desk um, and basically do tasks such as like sort out packages for the residents or maybe if there is an emergency situation, follow the emergency protocol, uh, learn about uh, the fire alarms uh, and basically help out the, the people who live in the dorms, uh, essentially with any and all problems that they have. Uh, but just in the capacity of like a front desk uh, uh, administrative person. Uh, my second year, uh, I became a resident advisor and essentially my housing was paid for. I did not have to shell out a single dollar for housing. Um, and my meals were almost like over 50% uh, paid for. Um, so the expenses that you would rather spend in like living expenses like that were basically just cut over like 65, 70%. And uh, tuition was the only thing that uh, mom and dad had to uh, worry about. Um, I had taken out a loan back in India. Um, and in addition to that, I think two, two years turned into three uh, because I had to switch majors and I ended up pursuing a minor, which uh, I had not initially anticipated for. Um, and I think uh, those things uh, added to your college experience. But one thing that you need to figure out is where do you draw the line between like what is worth it and when do you think 
uh, you know, the, the, you have to start thinking about like others, other stuff as well. Um, and I think even though I spent three years of my college uh, spending even another semester or two over there, which I really wanted to during that time would have been uh, like not a wise decision, uh, not just monetarily, but also it, uh, I felt like uh, my involvement with all the, all the clubs that I wanted to, or all the organizations was plateauing at that point. Um, I did end up doing a lot of research as well in terms of like other available opportunities, uh, what, what else to do and all the other, other aspects. Um, and, uh, I felt like being an RA was something that would teach me a lot more things and give me life skills that, uh, I think none of the other jobs would because it enabled me to navigate through very difficult situations, uh, in real life. Uh, because in college, uh, a lot of people are independent for the first time, you know, not just international students, but also the, the domestic students who come to college uh, have, are basically for the first time living apart from their families. Um, and there are times where you are stressed out, whether it's you're not getting grades in your classes or whether you're having relationship issues or any other aspect that you can think of, you're facing it in real life as an adult for the first time that can lead to a lot of mental anxiety or a lot of things. So um, as an RA, I learned some life skills that I don't think I would have learned anywhere else, uh, such as like managing, uh, like preventing suicide uh, uh, instances or how to uh, basically uh, handle uh, uh, sexual assault uh, situations like these kind of things that you never think about but are also possible uh, and those are the things that I think uh, my RA job more than the financial aspect I think the life skills that I learned out of the RA jobs was something that I felt like was a lot more uh, it meant a lot more to me than than the financial aspect itself but um, to whoever is listening there is a lot of opportunity in terms of like man like how can you fund your college education uh if you don't know there are always people you can talk to uh go to your advisor if they don't know the answer they can point you to the person who actually does uh and one of the things that people really struggle with is asking the questions uh and one of the things that i really really encourage everyone to do so is whether you have any doubts or you're stuck on anything, just open up to people and ask questions. People here are very friendly and they're genuinely interested to help you. Um, if you don't know where to start, just go to your advisor, uh, whether it's your academic advisor or your international advisor, they always have resources uh, that you can approach for, uh, whether it's finance or any other, other aspect. And I think uh, that is something that will really help you navigate through the process or who knows, even like uh, open open you up to opportunities that you never knew existed. Mm -hmm. um, just one thing I kind of uh, want to add on top of what you said is obviously while you're doing all that research of figuring out how you can fund your education, just also be aware of like how it impacts your visa and you know like what kind of job you're taking and uh, is it on campus or not? Is, does it tie to your major or not? Because when you're on visa, there are a lot of uh, 
caveats to what kind of jobs you can have and like what category does it fall in? Like, does it classify as OPT or CPT? And uh, like, once you have a job, if it's paid, like what tax implications are there? So it's, don't just look at the small picture of, okay, now I'm getting paid and that's it. Look at the bigger picture, like what other things you need to do once you have a job and once you have these sorts of responsibilities, like if you're making money, how do you need to report it and how do you need to maintain a valid visa status and things like that? That should be a question that you should be asking yourself every step of the way because one of the things that I've seen and even I've gone through is doing something and not even realizing how that impacts my visa. And that's something that we all go through because we just think like now that we have visa, we are good to go and do anything and everything we want, but that's not how it works. You are bound to certain rules and regulations and you need to understand and be aware of that because at the end of the day, you are responsible for maintaining your visa status and being here legally. So just don't do something that's, you know, putting your visa in some sort of, you know, danger. Uh, so yeah, just be aware of all these other implications of, you know, having a job and what other things that go with it and uh, like opportunities that you get involved in. No, you're 100% right. And sometimes your college advisors might not be 100% knowledgeable about the immigration and how the visa works. True. And that's why university does have these international advisors that you can particularly go to and seek immigration advice. So some days it's like kind of always like juggling between these two advisors. It's like one is like a college advisor and one is the international advisor. So you keep, keep have to like going back and forth forth with them to make sure that you're keeping your visa in status and while you're also getting yourself funded. And I know like you guys like didn't apply to a lot of scholarships, but there are scholarships that are offered for international students in particular. Like, do you think if you had like maybe mentors or people who have gone through those processes, would that have impacted your journey anywhere? Uh, for sure. I mean, that's I think that's the whole point of uh, having a mentor, like for them to be able to help you think in a direction that you may have not necessarily even considered. Um, and I think one of the things that Vyash um, touched on earlier was how mentoring here and mentors here help you look at a situation from a different perspective than just you know, telling you what you should be doing. They ask you questions to help you figure out what you want to do. Um, so yeah, having mentors is definitely a key to like your success, not just during your college time, but even professionally uh, when you start a full-time job. Uh, for me, um, I've been fortunate to have mentors uh, through the involvements that I've had on campus. Um, my first mentor was obviously my uh, college advisor. Um, the one that I worked with to get my credits reevaluated. Um, she helped me throughout my three years to plan my courses and to help me navigate those waters where I wasn't sure like which course I should take and you know like things like that. So that was really helpful in terms of uh, helping me graduate on time and um, making sure I'm taking meaningful courses that help me with what I wanted to do. Um, and 
a lot of the other mentors that I was fortunate enough to have uh, came along through my involvements as a teaching assistant and grader because I got to work with professors um, who were doing research with graduate students. So they gave me a lot of insight into um, like what kind of fields I should be thinking about when I, you know, uh, think about uh, what I want to do with my degree and uh, what are the key components and questions that I should be asking myself when I start making those decisions. Like, it's not just about which job pays well, it's about what you want to do, where the industry is, you know, going and what will become like, a very important job and how the market is going and things like that. So they helped me with that. Uh, through my orientation leader job, I had mentors from immigration, uh, you know, department who helped me figure out, like, who mentored me throughout my way to just, not just help me learn and be more aware of my, uh, you know, status, but helped me uh, and mentored me to realize that uh, the challenges that I'm facing as an international student, it's not something that's just a case. This, it's not a unique case. Like everyone is going through that battle and they are there to kind of help me and support me and guide me in the right direction. And one of my biggest mentors was my host family that um, I had when I came here. And until this date, like the host families are only supposed to be there for you for the first four or five days uh, that you come to US because they are essentially there to help you settle in and help you buy stuff that you need because you don't have a car, you don't know how to get around. So they are there to help you, you know, figure out all those things. And after that, it's mostly your decision if you want to stay in touch with them and how much you want to stay in touch with them. And I was lucky enough to have an amazing host family that helped me through like, not just like the whole, you know, settling in process, but um, they helped me feel part of a community that I was still trying to figure out because till this day I've been in touch with them. Like I call Ohio as my second home because like I've celebrated my Christmas, Thanksgiving, 4th of July, you know, all these holidays with them. Uh, so for me, they've been a great mentor and not just like academic, uh, aspects of things but also in my personal life because I was always having doubts about if I'm good enough like if I'm doing the right thing like why is it that I'm not fitting in like why is it so hard to meet new people or you know figure things out and like the self-doubts that I had about myself and all those things like having these people in my life helped me realize that it's okay to have these doubts. It's okay to feel a certain way. If you're down, that's fine. Just leave that channel of communication open with people because if you keep it to yourself, it's not going to be healthy for you in uh, long term. Even in short term, it's not healthy because you are just feeling like you're trapped in like your in this mental state that there's no way of getting out of. Um, but then they were there to help me, you know, uh, navigate those waters. They were there with me through like thick and thin and just showing me like, okay, we are here to support you. And their mentoring helped me a lot in answering a lot of the questions that I had about myself. They don't, they didn't necessarily answer those questions for me, but they gave me that advice that 
or they told me the things that I wanted to listen um, that helped me grow. And one of the biggest advice I got was you are in a country where you may be here for one day and next day you may not be here because that's how this visa thing works. So the thing you need to do is you need to build that network of people that, and not just a network of people that is surface level connection, but it's more like deep connection where you actually are interested in learning about them, what they do, and they are interested in learning about you too. And the way you do it is like make sure the time you meet someone, you know you've made that connection with them when they can put a face to the name just after a first conversation. Because that's that's how you want to grow in this environment where you're still trying to figure out who you are. Um, don't take that step back and just, you know, put yourself out there, take that risk. You have doubts, but keep going. So that mentoring really helped me build my confidence um, and helped me stay focused on my goals and not be distracted by like things that were bugging me because obviously I have to deal with them. But at the same time, it was important for me to stay focused on what was important. So yeah, so mentoring definitely helps. Um, if you don't get an official mentor, like that's fine. You'll find a lot of people who have ways of you know inspiring you and mentoring is a term that i i like to use for a mentor is a term i like to use for people who help me in any way possible it doesn't have to be someone who's older than me or who has the official title of being a mentor um i think yash uh, has been a great mentor for me like we talk a lot every day about things <laughs> we talk a lot about things every day and like the feedback that i get from him uh, and you know the conversations we have, it always helps me clear my mind about things that I'm having conflicts about. So yeah, so don't don't look for someone who has the title mentor. Just go with an open mind, talk to people, and listen to what they have to say because that will help you learn and grow. And that is essentially a mentor that you are talking to because they are helping you out of the goodness of their heart. They don't have any, you know like self-interest like hiding behind like what they're telling you so yep that's my two cents on how lucky i've been and fortunate i've been with the counselors and mentors that i've had throughout my experience at ohio state and even during my career here at chase and what about having mentors when you were applying for colleges Do you, <sighs> you had some designated mentor would you have maybe gotten scholarships or even thought about for sure the RA program. Um, I think yeah. So that was one thing where I did not have mentors. Uh, like when I was applying for colleges, I more so had relatives who were giving me advice on colleges and stuff. Um, but again, it more so felt like yeah, you want to do this, so do this. It wasn't like a conversation where why do you want to do this and things like that which made me reflect on what I was trying to do but definitely if I had those mentors I would have been more thorough in my research on like oh the kind of scholarships I can get or the better ways of you know being able to support myself and things like that so yeah um, 
I mean, I had my parents as my mentor, but obviously they didn't have much experience with foreign education. So I couldn't expect much from them in that regards. So yeah, having someone um, that I could connect with would have been great. And to, and to an extent, I would say I did have mentors because those were my seniors who were already out here. Um, but I think it's, it would, but it was a very um, hard connection to build because they were trying to settle in and it was just someone I was reaching out to without ever having like personally met them. Um, so it was more so virtual. So there was like building that connection took time. And by that time it all happened, it was already like time to figure out like which university you want to go to and stuff like that. But yeah, it's, if you try, you will find mentors. Um, and I was lucky enough to have mentors. Um, but yeah, definitely if I had someone more experienced with this whole process, um, they would have helped a lot. Um, I think my dad's friend was the one who convinced my dad to let me come to US because his kids are already studying here. They both are doing medical school. So he was a great mentor in that aspect where he helped me realize like, don't worry about these things, it'll be fine. Just take that leap of faith. But from the financial aspect of it, I think since it's so personal, like it's a family thing. No one will tell your family how you should be doing the finances. I don't think I ever had that kind of mentorship to help me with that. But yeah, having that would definitely be great. Yeah, I think that is something we all kind of struggle with, you know, like finding people in our countries that have had those experiences. And yeah. that is kind of where building this platform where it is easier for you to find them. And even if you do, sometimes they're just so expensive that you're already paying so much for a college. How can you afford to pay for that? And there's so many cases I've come across where if kids did have mentors, they would have gotten scholarships and instead they applied for loans. We actually had someone the other day on our podcast who had a very similar situation. She took out a loan in US and didn't even think about scholarships and her parents weren't supporting, you know, so I think having that group of mentors who can kind of help you through this process would be so much more helpful, makes things so much easier, not easy, easy, because it's always going to be hard, but of course, like things a little easier. Agreed. What about, yeah. What about you, uh, Yash? Did you have those mentors? I mean, you did find a little struggle to convince your parents to let you come here. How did you go about that process? Yeah. Um, so I, uh, when I had to convince my parents, um, I did not know how to do it, to be honest. Um, the best uh, ammunition that I had was to do my research and have the data points, as I mentioned before. But I think uh, my dad himself is, like, he also is a very patient person and takes decisions by studying everything uh, and talking to a bunch of people. So he talked to like people in his friend circle who have had their kids uh, go to the US uh, do, to do their undergraduate, uh, undergraduate programs. Um, and I think one of the consistent thing that he found was that everyone said that the education system here um, and the amount of things that you will learn over here uh, would, would definitely help you shape your child uh, that would not happen 
uh, back in India. Uh, of course, things are changing back in India and, and colleges are starting to take a note of overall development, but at least like during the time that I wanted to come here, that was the case. Uh, and it was not just one person, but like a consistent uh, number of people told him, and it was like the regular feedback that he got, which I think made him aware uh, of, of the education system and gave him a little more uh, belief that, uh, you know, sending uh, your only child to the U.S. is perhaps not, not a bad idea. Um, but in terms of having a mentor uh, while I was applying, um, I don't specifically recall having a specific designated mentor, uh, but I did end up talking to a bunch of people. I wouldn't necessarily call them mentors, but uh, I would definitely call them advisors uh, who uh, answered a lot of my questions. Um, and I, after coming here, uh, obviously apart from having an academic advisor and an international advisor, um, I had one other person who I think without uh, his uh, guidance and help, I would not have necessarily uh, navigated my way through. And that is my, when I joined Ohio State, my first RA, uh, uh, Joseph, I think I would call him a mentor and he helped me not just navigate through all the nitty gritty of, of college life, but also helped me understand the ins and outs of, of college life, uh, the ins and outs of, of being a good student, not just academically, but also uh, overall, uh, what are like the little tips and tricks that are very specific to Ohio State uh, that I think you can adopt in your, um, in your life and excel. Uh, those are the kind of things that I think a mentor helps you with uh, and is able to read through the lines. And he was definitely one of those people uh, who helped me through that. So there's someone who helps with academics, someone who helps you with international visa laws and all of that stuff. But then there is also you need to find other person who is able to actually understand the, your personality, understand what your interests are, someone who you feel comfortable opening up to, talking to. Uh, and that person may not necessarily be your advisor, or your official advisor, that is totally fine. Uh, but as long as you have that one uh, or, or even more uh, people who you can open up to and talk to, uh, I think they are the people uh, who actually can help you shape the way you think. And that is something that I think Joseph definitely did uh, for me navigating through my college career. Um, and in addition to that, of course, uh, there are also some professors that can act as your mentors as well. I definitely had one of the professors in my entrepreneurship class who actually did ask me tough questions. Uh, and those tough questions enabled me to think through what I actually wanted in life. Uh, because when you are studying computer engineering, a lot of times you are stuck on the fact that, you know, being a software engineer is the only option to go. You don't have any other choice. And that was literally the phase I was in uh, until uh, the professor asked me, you know, what, what exactly do you think uh, you want to do within like 
five years from now? I know that sounds like a cliched question, but it, the conversation didn't just stop there. Uh, he basically gave me examples and people who I could talk to. Uh, in fact, like his prior students who had done computer science and gone out in the world and who are doing completely different things these days. And I talked to them and realized that, no, you know what? Computer science, learning computer science is, is a fundamental thing, but you can do a lot more uh, with that degree. And I think if it was not for that professor, I would still be doing coding and still be stuck in that mindset that, you know, this is something that I have to excel in uh, and do, do something for the rest of my life, which is not the case. And these are the things are the conversations that I think you should have with your mentor. And the way you should pick your mentor is someone who you can have these difficult uh, conversation with openly. And sometimes one of the things that it also teaches you is it's always, it's not wrong to disagree uh, with, with their point of views, but at the same time, it's also healthy to have that conversation. So agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. <laughs> you are so right. And so when you like look back at these applications, like what would you redo differently? And do you have any advice for all these international students who are considering to apply to the United States and coming here? I think uh, given the world that we live in, uh, I mean, there are so many resources available at your disposal with like a click of a button. Um, all you have to do is Google search. Uh, so yeah, uh, I think do your research. If this is something that you want to do and you're passionate about, uh, you have to take that first step because chances are there will be people who question your decision. There will be people who be against your decision and you will have to put in the work and effort to convince them why you want to do it why you are passionate about it so do all your research that you can about things that you think would be a blocker for you in this whole process if it's funding if it's uh you know like let's say your english is not strong and that's something you know you have to work on if you want to get here uh work on those things um start early start soon um don't wait till the time comes because there are a lot of things that you have to worry about, go through. Um, so yeah, prioritize those things and uh, tackle them one at a time. And uh, one of the things, uh, one of the quotes that I read yesterday and I was telling Yesh about that uh, last night was, I don't know who said it uh, but i just came across it on my linkedin and it really resonated with me and it said most of the failures happen because of self-doubt not because of failed attempts and there will be a time for sure like when you're going through this whole process and you'll have doubts about everything leading up to you know that moment like was this the right choice like am i ready like this is going to be a completely new environment completely new culture i don't have anyone that i know I'm leaving my friends and family behind. And you'll have all those questions, you'll have all those self-doubts, uh, but look at the bigger picture. Uh, those self-doubts, use them as your strength to learn more about yourself and don't let them 
take the best of you because you will not realize your potential unless you really push yourself to the limits and coming to us uh, or going anywhere outside of your comfort zone will push you to those limits because it will make you question everything that you know about yourself everything that you've learned uh, you know about uh, processes or careers and education so yeah come with an open mind come with uh, like you know build connections build a network uh, that can support you that helps you have these tough conversations that you may not want to have uh, and conversations that not necessarily are easy ones to have because having that strong support system uh, helps. Um, so yeah, reach out to people. Uh, I know it's a hard thing to take that first step, but that is literally the hardest part, taking that first step of connecting with people. Um, and don't just connect for the sake of it, build genuine relationships because you will realize in the long run that those relationships matter like it's not just a one-time thing where you got an advice from them and that's it like you will find that that support system is what keeps you going what keeps you focused um so yeah so do your research um don't don't take no for an answer that's one thing i've learned like i've been told a lot of times during my like college like oh yeah the we've already done your credit reevaluation. Re there's nothing we can do you have to do four more years um unless you've tried every possible solution um don't accept the first thing that's given to you um you get rejection in your first job a company tells you they don't hire international students that's not like that's not the end of it just keep pushing just keep trying and the same goes with the applications too, you'll apply to a lot of colleges and you may be worried like, that's a lot of money that I'm putting into applying to just colleges and you may get rejections or you may not, but that's not the end of it. Just keep pushing forward and uh, yeah, don't let people tell you what you should be doing. Realize for yourself what you want to do and what makes you happy because that's one of the things that you learn about yourself after coming to us that you are a completely different person that than what you had perceived yourself all throughout your life uh, looking back at myself uh, like how i was back in india and how i am now i would never have imagined that my life would turn out this way where nothing about me in present relates with anything that i was back when I was in India, like my personality is completely different. The people that I hang out with and um, just the way I think, the things that I enjoy. Um, so yeah, just, just challenge yourself uh, throughout the process um, and enjoy the ride. That's, that's the biggest thing because um, even if you're doing things on your own, enjoy it because you'll be learning so much about yourself, so much about other things that 
are rewarding in a lot of different ways. Uh, me being able to file my own taxes for the first time made me feel like an adult. And I was like, huh, I didn't need my dad to do it. Uh, so I don't know what the fuss is all about. Um, but yeah, so those things, uh, even though they are daunting, they are challenging, but they are just as rewarding. So don't give up on yourself so easily. It's your dream, pursue it. And yeah, make other people believe in your dream if they don't, but don't give up because someone else told you that it's not realistic. Yep. That is so right. I I feel like I'm still struggling with that where I if I talk about my dream, people are like, oh, it's not realistic, but that does not mean I'm going to give up on it. I'm yeah. going to keep hitting at it until I achieve it. I like not to use the word like make it because there's a lot of like, what do you mean? You know, like make it, but until you achieve the dream that you want to achieve. And it it is tough. It is not easy. People do have a lot of anxiety attacks. People go into depression. And like Yash said, like there were a lot of like people try to commit like students that are like commit suicide. But that's just it's just in that moment of thought, right? But this is something you can totally push through. And the person that you become out of those experiences is just beautiful. Like someone that you never imagined you would be. And to like Yash, like what would you say? Like any advice you would want to give to international students who are applying to US the coming fall or next year? What would you tell them? I think one of the 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 thing that I learned through the entire process uh, was whether it's writing applications or going through, uh, you know, uh, obtaining your transcripts in your school uh, back in India. Uh, you will realize that it's a process and you don't necessarily get the transcripts that you want or recommendation letters from your teachers. Like that's where your journey actually starts. And that's where you will get frustrated at times because things don't go the way you want to necessarily. And you have to push through. So that's like the first step that I think you will realize how difficult it is. Um, to actually navigate your way in the real world, whether it's in India or here in the US. If you think the life in the US is uh, the way you perceive it to be and it's easier and everything is just straightforward, well, sorry to break it to you, but that's not the case. Uh, in fact, I would say life here in the US is definitely not bureaucratic, but at the same time, it also puts in a lot of onus and responsibility on you. So you need to be ready for it, whether it's, you know, you filing your taxes or even the simple thing like picking your classes, you know, even picking your classes requires you to do extensive research and you need to be ready to spend time into whatever you do. You know, first year of colleges here in the US are necessarily uh, if you're coming here for undergraduate studies is necessarily just finding what you like. You know, you're never going to declare your major in the first year. At least that's what, you know, at Ohio State there is, you know, you pick your soft major, but you're never admitted into the major until you finish your prerequisite classes. Um, so as Ayush mentioned, enjoy the journey, but at the same time, also take time to take a step back and and think about the decisions that you have made. One of the things that I always used to do uh, with my roommate uh, during the first year in college is we used to have this discussion regarding 
three things. One thing that actually made you happy and something that actually brought joy to you. Number two was one thing that you failed at. What was one thing that did not go according to your plan? Was it your missed homework assignment? Was it your exam? Whatever it is, just talk it out. And the third thing uh, that my roommate and I discussed was the failed thing that you have uh, experienced today, what would you have done differently? And retrospectively thinking, uh, like asking yourself these three questions every day will help you grow. Um, and in terms of coming here in the US and navigating your, your journey over here, uh, just learn to ask questions. Uh, one of the things that uh, while growing up, uh, I regret is not asking the right questions and accepting everything at face value, uh, which is not the case here. Just ask questions. Don't be afraid to stand up and, and challenge what other person is talking. Have that conversation. Uh, talk to your advisors, your professors, go to their office hours and not just office hours of your professor just to learn about the subject. But I went to office hours of professors just to understand like how were they interested in statistics or what their career journey was like. One of the things that people really, really love is talking about themselves and take advantage of that opportunity. You know, all of the people who you meet in college over here, whether it's your professor, advisor, friends, anyone uh, will all have different story to tell you and understand their life, how they overcame their decisions or their obstacles. And that is something that I think will give you a perspective uh, and something for you to think about. And that is something which is really, really beautiful uh, and something that will teach you a lot more than any academic class or any uh, assignment or project will teach you mm -hmm. to do. Yeah, no, you're so right. Like I think asking those three questions to yourself every day and maybe keeping a journal about it could be very helpful when you're writing your personal statements or just applying to colleges, kind of revisiting your lessons that you're learning. I think just, it's just good overall, like for your life and for your college applications. <laughs> so if those three things you could kind of just follow, I think that'll bring you a long way down the road. And we've just like shared so many stories here today and so many lessons that you guys told us about that you've learned and the mistakes that you guys made and maybe something you could have done differently. And I just hope anyone who's listening to this could actually learn from them and maybe not commit the same mistakes, but make your own mistakes <laughs> and maybe take the RA position or maybe don't even apply for it at all. <laughs> you know, maybe go for scholarships. And I think this just, but it's all just a process and it's just a journey and you kind of just have to go through it. And I think the best thing we could say is that United States provides you the flexibility to do all of that. Something that we could not have done if we were just in India or any other place. And that's why I think a lot of people come here to explore themselves and really know who they are. And even if you don't figure out, it is completely fine. You can still come here and study, complete your graduation, because a lot of people graduate and they still don't know what they want to do. And it's just a journey and keep hitting at it. And one day you will find your way, find your way. And I think that kind of concludes everything. If you guys have any last minute remarks or something you want to add, feel free. To well, I think 
first of all, thank you so much for uh, organizing this and uh, leading this whole conversation. Uh, yeah, it's been like a pleasure um, talking to you and sharing our experiences. Uh, and it's it's very rewarding for us too because it gives us a chance to reflect on our journey and helps us realize how far we've come and who all are were involved in our lives who help us you know get where we are so yeah thank you so much for giving us this chance to you know be able to speak about our experiences and help potentially help other uh, international students who would listen to this uh, figure out some of the burning questions that they may have about, you know, how to come to US and how to apply for colleges and things like that. So yeah, thank you so much for that. Of course. Yeah, I, I want to resonate what Ayush said. Uh, thank you so much for moderating this. And um, I think this conversation also enabled uh, Ayush and I to just, you know, take a step back and look back at our college life, which I think we haven't done <laughs> in a long time. Uh, and it brings back the memories for us as well. Uh, things that, you know, we would have done differently are some of the things that we never did and wish we could go back and do those things back in college. Um, and for anyone who is uh, applying or thinking about applying, um, don't, don't think way too much. Uh, I know I, I basically did a lot of research, but as Ayush and uh, Chandra mentioned, like it's it's definitely not something that you should be doing. But at the same time, you know, just just ask yourself that uh, what is one thing that you expect to change when you go to the U.S. And if the answer resonates with you coming here it can be academics it cannot be academics uh, and if that answer resonates with you just take the leap of faith and I promise you the journey will be worth it thank you so much guys well this conversation would not be possible if you guys wouldn't take the time out so we really appreciate you coming on here and sharing your journey talking about your stories it's going to be helpful to someone out there and that's kind of all we hope for to just help someone out in their journey how much ever we possibly can thank you so much for listening in on our own visor podcast we hope you learned something from it to connect with mentors that can help with your college applications please visit our website at ownvisor.com and to learn more you can follow us on twitter facebook and linkedin at ownvisor.com